In conclusion, Mr. President, we will continue to fight for a government which is of, of the people, by the people, for the people. The people and the NLD-led government will devil our efforts to make the country a democratic federal union. I wish to request the international community to extend their continued support in this regard. Mr. President, I believe that our fellow, fellow Myanmar people inside and outside the country are following this meeting via workers with high interest. Please allow me to speak few words in Myanmar. Minglawa, Niko Banama Miane, Tujin, you know, Daji Miakamia, Mimiro Sawyer, Sita Anna, Timu, Chachin, Sontaye, Mimiro Kanza. The emotion charged and quavering voice of Ujo Motun, Burmese diplomat who spoke at the United Nations on the 26th of February 2021, condemning the coup that had taken place in his country. Our interviewee isn't Joe Motun himself. We're speaking to Andrea, who is a recent escapee from Myanmar. We'll speak to her anonymously today, and she'll talk about the emotion the country felt as they saw that speech, which finished with the Mockingjay salute, the three-fingered salute made famous in the Suzanne Collins novels that has now become a symbol of the democratic movement there. It's so concerning what's going on in Myanmar. More than a thousand dead, a hundred died in a single day, three thousand in prison, the political leaders under house arrest. It's a return to the bad old days, the decades long repression that Myanmar remembers only too well. So that's the focus of this episode. Myanmar, Jo Mo Tun, and his address to the UN. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields. If you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Fraud, sham, and hypocrisy. Change within the system. The hollow man of anger and bitterness all must be left to a bygone age. I understand victory. I understand sacrifice. Speak over. I may not get there with you. And we as a people will get to the promised land. With Tony Wilson. Hello, welcome to my speeches podcast, the Speakola podcast. I am Tony Wilson, and as flagged in that intro, the topic today, Myanmar, the coup of the 1st of February, the military takeover of the elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi. Our special guest is a woman in exile. She was there on the day of the coup, and she's escaped. And we're going to call her Andrea, and she's going to tell us about the events of the day, a little bit on the protests and the tragic response to those protests by the military. And then Andrea will talk about the feature speech, the speech at the United Nations by career diplomat Jo Mo Tun on the 26th of February. If you want to know a few basics about Burma, it's in Southeast Asia, borders Thailand, Laos, Bangladesh, China and India. About 54 million Burmese people live in Myanmar and they've become used to military interference in their political lives. 
Burma achieved independence in 1948, but the shutters came down quickly on democracy with military rule beginning in 1958 and a coup d'etat in 1962. Military rule was the order of the day in Myanmar for over 50 years and it wasn't until 2010 that there were democratic elections and there have been democratic elections for the last decade and the most recent of these was won by a party known as the NLD, the National League for Democracy and its leader Aung San Suu Kyi but the day before that government was to be sworn in the military takeover occurred led by military commander-in-chief Min Aung Hwang. And there have been arrests. Aung San Suu Kyi herself has been held at an unknown location since the coup and is facing charges such as violating the country's Official Secrets Act, possessing illegal walkie-talkies and publishing information that may cause fear or alarm. It's a dire and depressing situation and we'd be hearing a lot more about it if we weren't swamped by the COVID catastrophe that dominates all news around the world. We do have a supporter on the Speakola podcast. It is green skin and purple skin avocados. You might like the green skin, the shepherd and her sister's avocado. You might like the purple skin, the Haas avocado. What you will love is the consistent quality of green skin and purple skin avocados. From nurseries to the table, every avocado grown, picked and packed with love. Check out the website, greenskinavocados.com.au and check out some of the recipes too. The green skin avocado burger, the purple skin broad bean and marinated goat's feather smashed over homemade yogurt flatbread. The Avocado Key Lime Tartlets. Greenskinavocados.com.au This episode's also brought to you by you, the supportive Speakola listener. I've had a couple of dozen donations this year and every one of them's been really appreciated. And you can do so in a variety of forms. There's a donations button both in the notes to this podcast and also on the Speakola website. Basically, if you want to do a one-off donation with a credit card, that's very generous and very gratefully received. And I've also set up an ability to become a member or a recurring supporter of Speakola. And so far on the Patreon page, we've got seven generous donors who have done just that. They include Donald Vaughan, Angus Husband, Estia Sales, David Oakley, Ed Heary, Peter Cook and Bridget Noonan. Thanks so much for taking up the opportunity there. It starts for as little as $3 per month. One coffee to help keep Speakola and me speaking. But back to the episode at hand. It's about a courageous man in New York giving a courageous speech, but it's also about the courage of my interviewee. Her real name isn't Andrea. But in recent months, she's not just lived through the coup in Myanmar. She's also left the country, despite the difficulty of leaving behind friends and family members and others in the democracy movement who are now either under arrest or at threat of being arrested. So it's not safe for Andrea to say who she is, but she's a brave and articulate woman. And we're really pleased to have her on the podcast 
Nicola. Well, the world's attention has turned to Myanmar since the 1st of February when the military coup occurred overturning the democratically elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi. And we have on the podcast a special guest. Her name's Andrea. And Andrea, I really appreciate you coming on to talk about the events of the 1st of February and in particular a speech that occurred at the United Nations a few weeks later. Hi. I also am very proud of to be here to talk about Ujo Mudun's speech and also what has happened, what is, has been happening in Myanmar since February 1st, 2021. Things has changed a lot through every, most of everybody. About a thousand of people have been killed and 4,000 people have been arrested. And also more than thousand, thousands of people have been relocated uh, and displaced. So, yes. It is a, hor- is a horrible story, Andrea, and um, I'm really feeling for you and your country people. Can you tell us, were you in Myanmar on the 1st of February and, and what are your memories of the day? Yes, I was in Myanmar and on the f- at, when I woke up around 6 o'clock and I don't have, uh, when I checked my phone, I don't have the signal and um, I cannot call and like, I can't communicate with anybody. To my family, so it was. It was very atmosphere is not good. Um, I was in Nepido at the time, so you can't you can't know what is happening outside because Nepido is so big, and so you know you have to go out and have a look. But we are we don't know what the situation is, and around I think about ten ten or nine o'clock. We turn on the TV and there are no TV t- channels anymore. And but we can see that the military songs are being broadcasted in in Miawadi t- television channel. And then after that, we saw the news that there has been the military takeover, and the general elections will be held in the next one year. And after that, we were very shocked and very saddened to hear the news and everybody's the whole we feel like our uh, we don't we, we are very hopeless and we feel like well, how are we gonna do it and you know very very depressed by this by this information and around eleven thirty, we got the internet back and yeah we have we can start communicating with our friends and family well, Andrew, it must have been terrible. Was there an ominous feeling? Was there a sense that something like this could happen? It happened the day before the government was to be sworn in. Um, did you have a sense that this might happen? People have been guessing and people have been writing about that on Facebook and some people are discussing that it can happen, they will do it, and some people are like, they won't do it, and some people are like, definitely sure that they won't do it in 2021 because the country is already in a bad shape in terms of economic because of the COVID. And, um, but the COVID started to get, you know, a little bit less cases. People are thinking, like, definitely it would not happen, but when it happened, it is quite a shocking thing for everybody. Absolutely. And then the arrests happen and, and without going into details, um, obviously you don't want to put people at risk, but th- these were your friends and family who, who also got arrested? Yeah, they are my friends and um, people I know very well and they are taken in, in, in a hiding situation. 
So it is very, um, in terms of physically and psychologically, it affected to me and to everybody back home. And did you take to the streets? We saw the protests on our televisions here in Australia and around the world, but was this an immediate mobilisation and, and did you immediately take to the streets? We uh, People started going out to the street led by the current uh, deputy Minister of Women, Ministry of Women and Children and Youth, Ethan uh, Zamao. She led the first protest on, I think, after five days of coup or something like that. And then everybody started going into the you know streets and later on a lot of groups joined. People have not been going out for about three or four days and have a look at the situation, what will happen, and then, yeah, and then after after that, on the on the sixth of the February or something like that, it started to happen. And so we see the protests on the street, and, and it's not long after that the the violence starts. Can can you give us accounts of of what began to happen? What the reaction of the military was? So people are scared at the beginning. What will happen? How would they react at the very beginning? Because you don't know whether they will arrest immediately or crack down. So <clears throat> a few weeks of the protest. The protesters are very peaceful and, you know, and also there has not been clashed with the, the police and soldiers as well. So, you know, they go and protest every day. They come back home. So that has been doing that. That has been happening a few weeks. And and then later on, I think at the end of February, around that, I don't really remember in details, um, they start shooting. Uh, the first girl is in uh, Nebido, got shot to the head. And then a few days after, another boy in um, Mandalay. So, yeah, and in March and April is very bad, very, very in a yeah bad shape that they start shooting to the head of the people and, um, and, and arresting people and raiding the offices and people's houses and take things. And, yeah, it was crazy. In fact, on the 27th of March, it was... Over 100 people killed in, right. in, in one day. Yeah, and that is the um, fourth day, according to them. But it is very, yeah, bloodshed day for the country. Terrible. And now I think you said that it's over 1,000 people have been killed. It's incredible, including children. Um, within, within the context of these atrocities, a, a, a speech was made at the UN by... By a man by the name of Jomo Tun, is that how I pronounce it? Yes, Jomo Tun. And he's a Burmese diplomat. I think he's he's worked his whole life in the diplomatic services. He's he's been in Indonesia and also in New York. Yes. Um, c- can you tell us about this speech? Why is it one that became significant? Yes. Um, so on the February twenty sixth. We we know we don't know that he he will speak, and we don't we didn't know before that we, we also didn't know who he is. We were mistaken. What so everybody everybody started watching the speech, and people uh, some people are confused that because we were given the information that it will be um Utin Lin Ao, uh, who who is also another uh, CRPH member. But then later on, a few minutes later, people start realize that this is Ujo Moto, who is the <clears throat> permanent representative to the United Nations in New York. And that speech is a very emotional and um, inspiring speech for people in Myanmar because 
he he risked his life and in spite of his positions and you know his security he risked his life by standing for the elected um he's he pointed in, 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 in he stated in his speech that he represents the elected nld led civilian government which is a very um unique it has never happened in the in the in the in the history because he represented in front of the un people that you know this is happening and you have to recognize crph which is the committee represented pidangzuloto mandated by the elected um mps so it is very very important because at that time around february yeah, the the military start shooting and people feel very hopeless cannot sleep night time you don't know when they when they're going to come and knock your door and things like that but when when we hear that speech people people joined with ujo moto we joined in tears because we feel like he talk he speak for for us and international community here here us so we we have we started having have, have the hope that we will win and this is people's power yeah andrea did you know much about this guy before he made the speech as we said career diplomat 51 years old only going from wikipedia but it says his father worked for a socialist party associated with the army chief who staged Myanmar's first coup in 1962 so would you have expected a speech like this what what did you know about him yeah um we i we for me personally i also don't know his background but after that i know from throughout my friends who has worked with him that he's a good guy very smart guy and and also yeah people people are proud of him and start looking for his information where he finishes high school and people are like oh we we turned at the same high school together that kind of thing so yeah it is it is very such a history that he wrote for you know for him and his generations will be always proud of and and he stated clearly what had happened that that this was against the desire of the people that the military staged an illegal coup and mm-hmm. that action had to be taken by the international community and he called yes. for the strongest possible action didn't he he's been yes. quite open in saying that um, yes. that the strongest possible action would be welcomed by him and many people in Myanmar yes in in his speech he he basically say that to requested to the international communities to support the CRPH committee represented Pidangzuloto and also he also urged strong statements like do not recognize the military and ask the military to accept the free and fair election and transfer the power to the people and to make the public statement to condemn the military coup and yeah do not cooperate with the military so he he say those things and in the end of his speech he he say a few words in burmese as well he say that he is very grateful for everyone who are supporting in this cause and to continue to keep on doing that and we have to win and we must win at the very end of his speech his his voice is you know trembling and shaking and i think he is himself is also very emotional and you know and also a, a emotion mixed with you know fear and joy and 
pride and I don't know, but we can see he, we can hear from his voice and everybody start crying with him when we hear that and we are like yes we must win you know this kind of feeling we have it. And you mentioned the the courage he showed. What 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 are the ramifications for him? I know he's certainly unable to go back to Myanmar this week, right? Oh yes, definitely not. And also he was um fired immediately after that by the military regime. He yeah, from from that position. And and, and also um he he was charged under section 122 of the criminal code for high treason. So yeah, he would he would be risking death, and I mean, I guess people also worry about the reach of these sort of countries outside of the country as well. I mean, he wouldn't feel safe, I imagine. Yeah, even though he his family is with him, of course he will have the extended families and parents back home. So they are. It is very risky and very brave of him to do that, and we Burmese people are very grateful for his act and proud of him. Absolutely. Now, there's one point where he mentions um, the book Freedom from Fear, which is Aung San Suu Kyi's book. I think it came out in the 1990s, and he he quoted from that. There was a quote, Within a system which denies the existence of basic human rights, fear tends to be the order of the day. Mm. So he was drawing on Aung San Suu Kyi. I was wondering, as a kid growing up in Myanmar, what sort of a figure was Aung San Suu Kyi for you when she was under house arrest? Was she this important Mm. figure of freedom? Oh, um, definitely, yes. And people always, especially I am a woman, and when I have my own family and become the mother, I... I don't know what kind of courage that he he can she can stay away from her family and kids and locked up in the house for many years. So she has been quite a uh, symbol for 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 the young woman as well and after she got in 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 the military uh, in the government as well she's very inspiring and the way that she dressed and everything's also become the it's also encouraged Burmese, young Burmese women to wear the traditional Myanmar dress and also like to be, give us to be strong like her, especially mentally strong and also to have the perseverance and patient like her. And she's obviously been through this once before when she won an election and it did end up in that incredibly long period of house arrest. Do you think that at her age now she has the resilience to do it again, you know, to to face up to what might be the immediate future in Myanmar? Mm. That's that's what we are concerned, not to, just only to her but also to other senior NLD members who are very in their 70s and 80s and you don't know what kind of situation that they are inside. They are not like 50s or 40s before. They are not young anymore. So that's what we are worried that what kind of mental state that they, they, they are in. Yeah, but whatever they have done, they are part. And this is our generation to carry on, um, to do our own part as well. So after, if when we people win and... There, are, there will be a lot of political dynamics as well. So it will be very interesting to see. And I think it, it will be more beautiful uh, in terms of political dynamics in Myanmar. And there was 
an expression there was an expression that Joe Motun used towards the end of his speech where he said that it needed to be government of the people, by the people, for the people. And it seemed like he was drawing on the American sensibility there in terms of the words, I think, of their declaration of independence. Um, do those words mean anything to Myanmar as well? Or, was it, or do you think they're also hearing that Western notes of the speech? Um, I think it is not just the Western notes. I think when we first introduced democracy since we were young, introduced me not by the school or something like that when we started learning. Yeah, of course, they are American like, political literatures and things like that. We That's how most of the people understand what democracy is for. That's, that's why it is also not very str- strange for me too that was by the people for the people. Um, so, yeah. I think it's most of the people are also familiar with that as well uh, for the pe- people in Myanmar, I think. And I don't know if you've got the speech in front of you, but you, sent, you mentioned the last words in Burmese and I wondered whether you could read them in front of me. And, and again, I know you've already said it once, but is there, a, is there a chance for you to say what those Burmese words were? So uh, you want me to, to speak that in, in Burmese? Uh, yeah, yeah, and say say maybe the sentence in 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 Burmese and then an English sentence. Oh yes. Uh, so he said that he had, um, he is very grateful for everyone in the country who are supporting for this cause and to continue doing that. And he said, uh, "Peoples are the most important most important priority," which is the slogan used by the state councillor Duan San Suji, uh, which is in Myanmar is "Biduda Atikawa," and. The last one, when he raised his three fingers symbol and he said, that our cause must win. And he, and he, those three fingers raised, which has been a, a symbol of Myanmar, that, that, that's been taken from the Hunger Games. It's sort of a great cultural classic now. Yes, it, it was. Um, it, it is, yeah, very much. It is, yeah, it's all thrilling uh, when, when, when the protest started started happening and whenever you go out even though you are on the car they start beeping and you know they start showing showing their three fingers from the cars from the motorcycles from the bus so yeah to everybody so people you see people do that and we also show three fingers back like that and and what is the state of things at the moment do you feel as though the protest is is flourishing over there whether the crackdown is working what are you hearing from your friends and family in Myanmar? So in terms of protesting, it is here and there. There is like flash mobs. Uh, flash mobs are happening. Some people might, some, some of the restaurants are opening and, but it is, it doesn't mean that it is back to normal again. Not normal yet. Um, the banks are not open yet. Um, people have a long queue to cash out about 200 US dollar worth of Myanmar, Myanmar, Myanmar jet to, to get that for every day. So, and there have been some, yeah, um, bomb explosion happening. And so, yeah, and also a, a lot of fighting uh, with, with the <clears throat> ethnic, ethnic people and also People's Defense Force, which is formed by the NUG. So, yeah, they are also fighting and, but they, they cracked down a lot in Mindat area, Chin State, 
um, last week and a few days ago yesterday and two days ago last night um, they fight into Kaya State as well. And so obviously this is is going on and will be un- ongoing and, and if we were to take the advice of Dutro Motun and and do what we can as an international community what what how could people help the cause and how can people stand up for democracy which is mm. where the fights you know the front line is Myanmar at the moment in terms of the normal uh, for for normal civilians i think if you have Burmese friends and communities, try to support their fundraising events because all those fundraisings are to support the CDM because CDM is a civil disobedience movement, which which is the movement joined by the uh, civil servants of the government that they don't want to continue working with under the military government and they are in a higher positions and they need shelter and food and food and etc. So for for that you know long term we need we need um we need funding as well to for them to resist strongly and because cdm works a lot a lot they the school cannot open the hospitals cannot open and they will stop working and our main goal is the government me- me- mechanism to stop working to to make it weaken as well another thing as a international government bodies to recognize national unity government because to recognize and also to not cooperate with the military uh, why why recognizes is important is that to have the what does it say so ccrph is the represented by the mps and and ug is the also uh we have the Vice, minister, vice President and also Ministers and things like that. They are also working very hard, but they are also in hiding position to help and support the CDM, CDM people and all the different causes happening in back home. So, yeah, try to um, communicate with NUG and work together and support, support and assist what NUG needed and to click condemning the military and not cooperating with them, not supporting them, yes. And is, is there a large amount of people trying to get out of Myanmar at the moment or is it impossible pretty much? What's what's the situation on that front? Mm. A lot of people flee to, yeah, border countries and also some people – some people also went out to other countries. So I think there are a lot of people going out of the country. But now, a few weeks ago, we saw the statement made by the military hunter saying that if you want to get out of the country, you have to you have to submit the form 10 days ahead before you go and why you want to leave or something like that, that you have to submit to Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So they want to tighten, you know, and control and on strict control to the people who want to go out of Myanmar. And and can you say how you got out, Andrea? Um, I was lucky and uh, I, yes, I was lucky and I got some support to be able to get out of Myanmar. And and what? Are, how optimistic are you? Do you feel like this is nineteen eighty nine all over again, or do you do you think there there can be a positive outcome, a quick and positive outcome? Mm, it is very totally different from nineteen eighty eight because this is a 
internet era and also everything works very fast uh, with the internet we're not just using you know facebook and messenger and things like that and it's also i uh technology and people have enjoyed democracy and freedom for about you know 10 years and we have a strong resistance that we don't want to go on and live under the military coup anymore because we grew up in that era and we we know how that happened so we don't want that to happen to our generations to our kids again so people are very strongly opposed and very determined be very determined in a way that we we are so bitter that they done this and okay you start the war and we have to you know you have to finish that and we will fight until the end so it is the very determination by the people and do you think that uh, jo motun he represents your generation though he's about the same age and he's he's feeling the same sort of thoughts wherever he is over there in the america i think he uh, he is a bit older than me and of course he has passed um i, I think about uh, as most of the decades i think three or four decades like we suffered under the military coup for four or five decades so he he is also among them as well among us as well among us yes Well thank you so much for talking about his speech with us it's an it's an incredible and important speech and I'll play it in its entirety um mm. in in as our speech of the week um and thank you too for sharing the experience of of what went on on that terrible day on the 1st of February and and what's happened in the aftermath Yeah no problem I'm happy to talk about that and also you know his speech will always be in the history and yeah yes Thanks Andrea. Thank you. Speakola. I mentioned earlier I've been really boosted by the donations for Speakola. Thank you. But I've also been buoyed by the figures for the podcast getting good numbers of listens and actually had the thrill of getting on the iTunes front page this month. The Stan Grant episode, episode 8 of the podcast, The Australian Dream, Stan Grant's speech at the IQ2 debate in 2015. That got put on the front page of iTunes as a recommendation for Reconciliation Week here in Australia. If you want to boost Speakola through the rankings, go to iTunes, slap on a five-star rating and write some nice words. That would be a lovely way of helping me and the podcast and we might make it to the front page again one day. It's now time for speech of the week. Regular listeners know that after the interview we play the full audio of the speech that's being discussed if we can find it. And in this case it is of course Ujo Motun speaking at the United Nations on the 26th of February this year standing up and declaring his love for his country, his wish for democracy and his desire that the international community take the strongest possible measures to depose the military dictatorship in Myanmar here is that speech Th- thank you mr president i and thank you mr president for your opening remarks i also thank special envoy miss christine bagno 
for her comprehensive briefing and her continued support towards Myanmar. First and foremost, I would like to reaffirm that I am representing the NAD-led civilian government elected by the people of Myanmar. Right after the military coup, the committee representing Pirongzu Loto, CRPH, was formed with members of parliament democratically elected by the people of Myanmar at the recently held free and fair general elections. In this regard, Mr. President, I am pleased to deliver the message of the CRPH at this August body. I quote, Mr. President, Excellencies and Distinguished Delegates, the committee representing Pirongsu Loto CRPH is the legitimate and duly elected government of Myanmar and must be recognized by the international community as such. The CRPH represents 380 members of parliament elected in general election held on 8 November 2020. Thus, the members of CRPH are mandated by the people of Myanmar to represent the democratic will of the people and carry out the duties in accordance with the constitution of the Republic of the Union of Myanmar. On 1st February 2021, the Commander-in-Chief of the military unjustly seized the sovereign power of the state by staging the coup d'etat in contravention of the 2008 Constitution. The people of Myanmar from all walks of life are unanimously opposing such unlawful actions of the military. All actions taken by the military in violation of the 2008 Constitution to remove the democratically elected government by force and state administration council emerge from such unlawful actions are, are deemed unconstitutional. Therefore, the illegal and unconstitutional military coup does not revoke the legitimate authority entrusted upon the CRPH by the people of Myanmar. Both the United Nations Charter and Uni Universal Declaration of Human Rights recognize the self-determination and democratic form of government. In this regard, the legitimacy of CRPH is in line with the international laws and norms. Over the decades, the military ruthlessly deployed brutal techniques to oppress the people from all walks of life in Myanmar. Especially, the military used unspeakable violent methods such as forecast strategies to attack the ethnic minorities in the border areas, and this action no doubt amount to war crime and crimes against humanity. At the same time, the military never refrains from using violence against the people who are protesting the illegitimate military regime on the streets. Both people of Myanmar and the international family have repeatedly witnessed these brutal actions in 1988, 1996, 2007. The violence committed by the military against the people of Myanmar continues until today. However, the military enjoins impunity and cannot still be held into account. The Myanmar military overthrows a democratically elected government, shoots to kill the peaceful protesters on the streets, commit crimes targeting civilians, attacks the ambulance and health workers, arrests the democratically elected parliamentarians, using unjust laws, issue arrest warrants without any legal basics, 
and breaches the fundamental human rights of the people of Myanmar. Not only do those actions endanger Myanmar and its people, both in physical and psychological forms, they also seriously pose threats towards regional security and prosperity of the international community. The military can no longer uphold the rule of law and pro protect the people and the country. Myanmar military has become the existential threat for Myanmar as a polity and civilized society. Now, it's not the time for the international community to tolerate the war crimes and crimes against humanity con committed by Myanmar military. The international community must ensure that coup has no place in the modern world as bound by the UN Secretary General. In that regard, we, the committee representing Pyrongsu Lutor, CRPH, duly asked the United Nations, the United Nations Security Council, and international community that aspire to build peaceful and civilized global society to use any means necessary to take action against the Myanmar military and to provide safety and security for the people of Myanmar. End quote. Mr. President, as the democracy in Myanmar is at the nascent stage, the free and fair general elections successfully held on 8 November 2020 in Myanmar is indeed a significant milestone in our history. It was set by the people. The people of Myanmar has shown their eagerness and attachment to democracy through their ballots at the elections. They had also demonstrated their desire to build a nation where all the democratic values can be flourish, a place where each and every peace-loving individual can play a role in that nation building. The landslide victory of the National League for Democracy at the general elections clearly manifests that the people of Myanmar are solidly united behind State Councillor Do Aung San Suu Kyi to overcome any obstacle in our journey to a peaceful and prosperous society where democratic values will become a norm. Mr. President, completely ignoring the people's desire, the Tatmadaw staged a coup on 1st February 2021. That's what the day that the parliament, the new parliament supposed to convene its first meeting. The military detained State Councillor Do Aung San Suu Kyi, President Wu Min, and other political leaders and civil activists. Since then, people from all strata of life have come out on the streets all over the country and expressed their disappointment with the military coup as well as demanded the immediate release of all detainees and return of the state power to the people through the elected government. The people of Myanmar are resolute for achieving the demands. I agree with the Secretary General that the military is not acceptable. The, the, coup, the military coup is not acceptable in this modern world, and the coup must fail. The people of Myanmar are resilient, perseverant, and united in fighting for the end of military coup. Immediate release of all unlawful detainees, return of the state power to the people, and restoration of democracy in Myanmar. It is attested to by the ongoing persistent protests throughout the nation 
said the military coup. It is crystal clear that we all do not want to go back to the system we used to be in before. Here, I wish to recall the words of Dong San Suu Kyi said in her inspiring book, Freedom from Fear. I quote, within a system which denies the existence of basic human rights, fear tends to be the order of the day, end quote. Mr. President, at this important juncture, the continued and strong support from the international community is imperative for the people of Myanmar in our fight against the military regime. Taking this opportunity, I would like to thank all countries who have expressed their support towards the people of Myanmar. I also thank the Secretary General, Special Envoy, and the Special Reporter of Myanmar for their support. But the people of Myanmar still feel helpless. Mr. President, Excellencies, in addition to the existing support, we need further strongest possible action from the international community to immediately end the military coup, to stop oppressing the innocent people, to return the state power to the people, and to restore the democracy. As such, I would like to appeal all member states and the United Nations as follows. One, issue public statements to strongly condemn the military coup, to do not recognize by any means the State Administration Council and the military regime. Three, ask the military regime to respect the result of the free and fair 2020 general elections. Four, do not cooperate with the military and take the return of the state power to the people through the elected government. Five, take all stronger possible measures to stop the violent and neutral acts committed by the security forces against peaceful demonstrators and end the military coup immediately. And six, support the CRPH. In conclusion, Mr. President, we will continue to fight for a government which is of, of the people, by the people, for the people. The people and the NLD-led government will devil our efforts to make the country a democratic federal union. I wish to request the international community to extend their continued support in this regard. Mr. President, I believe that our fellow, fellow Myanmar people inside and outside the country are following this meeting via workers with high interest. Please allow me to speak few words in Myanmar. Minglawa, Niko Bonama Miani, Tujin, you know, Dajimia, Mimiro Sawyer, Sidda Anna, they move Chachin Sontaye, Mimiro Kauza, Dong San Suchi, the Maraji Uimine, a cha, Matia Tinkin, Kayataya Dumia, Chachin Lopeye, Nangano Anna, Pidu, and Piale Yashi, Democracy, Piale Yashi, Democratic Federal Piranzu di Tongye, the Eero Bongi, Almiego. Mimiro Alwa Didima, Pidu Bidamia, Alo, Sisi Lolo, Nini Nunyonte, a Tudua, that way song in Nirago, a two Jesu Tinshibare, Selle, Song Dajabo Gole, Mita Yakai, Taitun at Barakamia, the Yerabo, 
That's it for the speech and the episode, and it's absolutely worth looking that up on Speakola to see Joe Motun deliver the speech and how emotional he gets. A big thanks to Andrea. Thank you so much for the interview and your eloquence, and our best wishes are with you. Hopefully you're not out of the country for too long and you can be home soon, and democracy is restored in Myanmar. Thank you for the donations to Speakola. There's a donations tab on the front page of the website, speakola.com. There's also a link in the notes to the podcast. One-off or recurring donations, gratefully received. Thank you to greenskinavocados.com.au. Thanks for supporting us pretty much from the start. Thank you, David Bridie, for the theme music. Thank you, Caitlin Ryger, for assistance with this episode. Subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend about it. And the next episode is on the great Australian feminist Jessie Street and her 1944 speech, Is It to Be Back to the Kitchen? I've done the interview already. Not with Jessie, she died in 1970, but with Lenore Coulthard, who knows as much about Jessie as anyone. So if you're interested in feminist history, I really recommend the next one. Until then, speak well.